Well, I hope you've got your coffee or whatever it is that you... Well, honestly, whatever it is that you do when you listen to this, I hope you're ready. (laughs) Welcome to 10 Minutes Together. There was a time when I was a very bad student uh and honestly not a, not a very not a very well-trained thinker and that may be the fault of the school I was a part of you know growing up in the public school system they that could have been my own uh deficiencies you know however however it's probably a mix of of a lot of things but i really wasn't a very good thinker and one of the one of the things in particular that i really suffered um suffered at, at doing well was reading i remember thinking that reading was so difficult that the thought that other people read books for pleasure was very frustrating because if it's something that can be pleasurable for someone else or a nice experience or lead to you know no literally just knowing some more details about something fiction or nonfiction um I will, would like to experience that. And I, I also knew, especially when I got older, that reading is very closely tied to um, just intellect. And, and knowledge is closely tied to success. And the, the, the better you're able to think and the, um, the, more, the more you're able to read and comprehend – the more successful you likely will be. Uh, And of course, success here is the metric of American success. And I don't mean that hyper to be too hypercritical, but I just mean, you know, a balanced life with a family and and a home and a car and you do your thing. And that's, and in order to achieve that, your likelihood of doing that is much greater if you, read well and are a good thinker. Um, and I just found reading very difficult. I found I found myself uh, really crippled, honestly, by my inability to focus when I read. When I went to junior college that was uh, n- near my hometown, it was the first time, I was actually taking classes in a subject that I was that was academic in nature and was genuinely interesting to me and that subject was logic. I thought by this time in my life I had become pretty serious about learning more about Christian faith and practice and theology. And that was very interesting to me. It was very intriguing, the idea of uh, of exploring the thoughts and ideas of very brilliant people from the past. Uh, 
And so, though I wasn't in a theological uh, studies program at this junior college, I thought I could do some philosophy here, and that will help bridge the gap between where here and wherever I go next. I got a D in logic. And I remember the professor talking us through basic fallacies, uh, red herring, circular argument, argument from authority, just basic fallacies. And the way those are illustrated, as you probably know, is A, you know, whatever, A plus B equals AB or whatever it is. However, he illustrates it. There's like a there's like a sequence, a mathematical sequence to demonstrate without having to write out an actual entire argument to demonstrate like this section is this, this section is this, and therefore this section is this. Um, and I could not get my head around it. I remember, I literally remember thinking, being conscious of my own inability to, to understand what was becoming very simple for the rest of the people in the class. And the, the hardest part was I wanted to learn it. It wasn't as though I was you know, I felt stupid and therefore whatever, I'm just going to blow it off. I really wanted to know. I wanted to be, it was the moment in my life where I realized I want to try to be a good thinker. This was the season of life I was in. I want to be a good thinker. I want to be able to, to find truth. And in order to find the truth, you have to be able to be a good thinker. And I just wasn't a good thinker. And I really struggled and suffered through uh, Rin Lake College, which is which is where I was. I had a, a very terrible GPA. Um, and it was a very discouraging time for me because it was the next step beyond public high school. And I have a lot of authority to choose the classes that I want to go to and the, the classes that I'm interested in. And the issue I was coming into was the classes I was interested in, I'm not really prepared to be able to handle the material. Like I'm not suited to handle the material. I will tell you that I think there's a lot to do with my diet that really affected me, my cognitive ability, to be quite honest. Um, Not to go into too much detail here, but because I don't want to get totally sidetracked, but um, uh, when I was younger, I grew up with a single mother and two younger twin brothers. I, I don't, like I've mentioned before, I'm not sure who listens to this podcast, but I, I'm sure it's folks that know me um, and maybe a few that don't, but, but I grew up with a single mom and she worked really hard and loved us very, very much. And she is very, quite literally a hero of mine. Uh, however, she did not have the time, nor did she have the knowledge of what constitutes a balanced diet. 
Um, she didn't have time to cook a good meal for us, and she didn't have the skill set to know how to do that either. And so we essentially lived off of carbohydrates and 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 frozen processed meat. Um, I ate more ramen noodles, chicken, you know, battered frozen chicken nuggets. <laughs> And uh, tater tots than any person that I've ever known before. It was a normal, regular part of my diet. I did not eat vegetables, period, until I was well into my teens, like well into high school. Uh, and that began as I, I think there were a few factors. I think one was. I think that was a, a battle my mom wasn't just didn't have time to to take on. Uh, she's literally fighting to keep the lights on in the house. And the last thing she wants to do is have an argument about trying to convince her children. Um, trying to convince her children to eat vegetables. And so. You know, I don't know all the details, but but essentially I remember and if, if you did know me in high school, especially high school and especially college, when I started to grow and get a little get a little more matured physically, I was extremely tired all the time. I would take naps basically every day. Waking up in the morning was it wasn't just hard. It was like it was like uniquely challenging for me. And I think I say that now as someone whose diet and daily habits of of what I what it is that I eat and drink are dramatically different from what I was doing in high school. I'm way more conscious of it. But it literally I lived in a brain fog of what felt like sleep deprivation, but wasn't really sleep deprivation. I, I slept a lot. That was the thing. I, I was never someone who liked to stay up really late. I certainly never liked to stay up all night. Um, if it's one o'clock, I'm pretty much done with the, with the night. I, I don't want to do anything else. I don't care where we are. Um, and I would sleep in any chance I got. I would be late to things all the time because I couldn't get myself to wake up. And even if I did wake up, I would be so unbelievably, unbelievably groggy that I, it, it would take, it would take literally the first couple of hours of every day for me to become like awake, awake. Uh, and I really do think that has a lot to do with my diet. And I think my, the sluggishness that I felt in my mind, like con conscious sluggishness is what it felt like. Like my, my brain just would not fire as, as smoothly and as quickly as it should have been. And, uh, man, it was just a really ch challenging, it was a very challenging time in my life because as I said, I was prepared to like, I want to go down this academic route, not for the sake of becoming an academic, but because 
there were moments like little little uh breaches of the light through the 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 fog in my mind where I would be exposed to something that would be drawing me in that's kind of how it felt it wasn't that it wasn't necessarily that there was a thing that I learned that made me excited to learn more it was like I got exposed to a level of thinking that really enticed me to want to pursue it more. And it began with theology. It began with these stories about Jesus and, and the way, and I think the reason it sucked me in and it still has, and it still consumes my life was because the people I was learning it from and the, particularly the person I was learning from my pastor put all of the stock of truth on the shoulders of this faith. Uh, in other words, if you study this, you will find truth. Um, if you pursue this, you will discover more things that are more profound than you could have ever imagined. And that there would be moments where I got a glimpse of it. I ca I caught a moment, just a flash of like a intellectual ecstasy or something. I don't really know how else to explain it, but it was incredibly stimulating. And that's when I went and tried to do these philosophy classes and logic at Rin Lake College and just utterly fell on my face. I couldn't stay awake for class and it wasn't because I was being disrespectful or because I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be there. But I, if I stood still for too long, it used to be a joke amongst my friends that, oh, if, if, if anyone's asleep, it's Ross. And Ross could go to sleep literally anywhere, concrete, outside, gymnasium, doesn't matter, sitting up, standing up, doesn't matter. He'll be asleep. Um, and I just, I couldn't get around to it. Well, I uh, eventually made my way to... Criswell College. And it is very difficult for me to overstate just how wonderful of an experience my time there was, particularly with regards to academics. Criswell, I think the professors at Criswell College must have seen students like me all the time because it just seemed like they knew exactly what to do with me. Um, the questions I would ask, even when I look back now thinking of the first couple of days, like some of the things that I've asked, um, they never ridiculed me. They never saw my question as foolish or childish um they always they always answered my questions with respect and and in a way that encouraged me to to continue thinking through them um and i always left a professor's office feeling motivated to continue thinking.
Um, they never tried to give me an answer unless there was very clearly and and was appropriate to have an answer. But instead they would help talk me through my thoughts about a thing, whether it was a, a complex philosophical idea or a, a, a question about a particular text in the Bible. They would walk me through it and together we would explore like kind of like holding up an object and just together we are describing and, and talking about what it is and what it isn't, what I see and what they see. And they would just encourage me to continue to do that. And what it developed, what, what it developed was a routine where I would go to the third floor, which is where all of the, the faculty offices were. And almost, almost every day that I was on campus for classes, I think almost every day I was on campus for classes, I would go up there at some point in the day and I would find any professor who might be in his office and try to just think of a question for th for them. And because it it became it became obvious after a year or so after after being there that the way that I'm going to learn the fastest, the way I'm going to catch up is by not asking questions once I've finally reached a point that I can no longer think through it or I think I've found an answer myself and I want to check it with somebody. The way I'm going to learn the fastest, the way I'm going to gain the ground that I need to, to gain in order to catch up to where I should be is to literally just fabricate a question or a thought, give it to this professor and watch them talk through it and then try to mimic the way that they just did that. I would ask them questions that I had a very, ob like if that were relatively obvious or that I had an answer for that ended up being exactly what they thought, but I would ask it in a way that made it seem like I was very unsure and I would just l watch them give me an answer. Uh, and it wasn't to, to, to like I say that now, it sounds like I'm a freaking psychopath, but I didn't do it to, because I was trying to play games with anybody. I did it because I realized this is the way I'm going to learn. This, The only way I'm going to learn how to be a better thinker is to watch and observe and listen to people who are actually actively thinking through something in front of me. And... By the time I got to my junior, senior year there, um, to my surprise, well, to my surprise, I had become sort of known around the campus as someone who thinks very deeply and thinks very hard basically all day. And that is something it's it's very hard for me. Once again, I've said this a couple times. It's very difficult for me to overstate just how unlikely that seemed to me to be before I got there. I was a dummy. I was a dummy dummy. And 
before I got there, I had never read a book. The first book I ever read was as a student. It cover to cover was as a student at Criswell College. I started watching videos on speed reading and how to comprehend what you read and how to I got my first syllabus. I had two classes, six credit hours, which is half time. And for one class, I had three books assigned and we were going to read two of them in their entirety and a few chapters in the third one. And I literally almost left the college and went back home because I felt so overwhelmed that I there's no way I could ever read this much. There's just no way. But instead of doing that, instead of going home and being embarrassed that I couldn't hack it because academically uh, because I couldn't read the books, I just literally made myself the strictest schedule you have ever heard of. And every single day at 5.30 in the morning, I would do all of my reading for that day. Uh, I would do all of my reading for the week. I would equally split the number of pages between six days a week. And I would read exactly that number of pages and exactly that number of books for exactly the day that it was. And I would do it before I went to school every day because I knew if I didn't do it then, I would not do it. Developing that practice of reading every day and reading, setting limits, but achieving the goal of the limit. And just over time being exposed to the ideas in all of these books, what began as just, hey, I just need to get, I just need to get, it's like building a fence. I just need to get this many posts in the ground every day. I just need to get the, I just need to dig the hole. And every day I'm going to do this many posts every day. Well, by the time you get a couple of years into that, you pretty much, you're pretty much, you're really good at not just putting that many posts in a day, but building the actual fence. Like in time, yeah, maybe it just seemed at the moment that like, hey, I'm just putting a post in the ground, like, and I have to do five every day. Okay. Well, in time, you not only get faster at that, but you get even, you, you, you understand it better. And you're able to do more and you're able to do it even in a more complex way, in a better way, in a more durable way. And it just builds. And, and that's what happened. And then when that paired with the time I spent with professors who generously and just I'm so thankful for it, but who's just so regularly allowed me to just spill something out on their desk verbally for each of them to take a moment to, to work through it in their mind out loud to me, that combined uh, culminated in me being given the Outstanding Biblical S Studies Award upon graduation, which is also something that I literally not only didn't expect, but I didn't even think about when I went there because I knew it would be so out of reach. I was just... I was just hoping to be able to preach somewhere when this was over. I literally only went to college as a formality. My pastor said, you need a degree. And I thought, well, in the meantime, this will be fun. I'll get into philosophy. I'll learn how to be a good thinker, but I need to get this degree. So it wasn't that, it wasn't that, you know, this isn't contradicting what I said earlier about wanting to be more academic, more 
more interested in thinking well. That was all. That was something I had decided I would do for the rest of my life. Academics and, and college was the place where you can do that and then get credentials when you're finished after a certain period of time. And those credentials will allow you to get a better job in the future. So to me, it was a formality. And I was just hoping to get through it as fast as I could and as painless as it could possibly be. Well, what it ended up being is I ended up going from taking two classes and and feeling like there's no way I'm going to survive this to one semester. I had 21 hours and one of those was Hebrew too. And it was my best semester that, that I was there. I, it, it, all A's that semester. And it just seems so bizarre to me to think back and see myself as where I, where I was when I first became interested in this whole project of trying to discover if God exists and if he does, is he really communicating to us? And if he is, is he really communicating through Jesus? And if he is... Is he really doing that primarily now through the spirit and the scriptures? Like, is that true? I'm going to set my life to figure it out. I'm going to put every, all of my stock, everything that I have, every interest that I have is just going to go into this. And then here I am. Um, I cannot believe that I have a job where people in church are willing to pay me to sit every day and do exactly this. And God has been, God has honored, I think, my effort because I, for all the faults that I had during the during those days and for all the the struggling that I went through and the difficulty and embarrassment of knowing what I want to be and being extremely conscious that I'm not even close and in fact I'm pretty much way behind where I should be intellectually with my peers to go from that and to have a genuine desire to want to serve the church and knowing that if I'm going to do that well, I need to be better at this. I need to know how to think differently, think more completely, and just doing everything that I possibly could to get myself there for the sake of, of being able to, to teach well and, and to help people think through their faith. God has honored that, and I really do see this job as a blessing that I am so thankful for. I literally can't believe that I get to wake up and come here and read these books and, and meditate on these ideas and perform these this music and write music for the church and write poetry for the church and teach a Sunday school class on how to read the Bible and, and it just, it's like all of the joy that came from school, all of the pleasure that I had 
in all of the conversations I had, all of the questions I asked, all the moments the professors gave me like little nuggets of pure golden truth, all of the nights that I sat with my peers at, at Criswell together thinking out loud about the things we're learning and the, the passages we're reading and the scriptures that, that we're were concerned about or, or love or confused about all just the hours and hours and hours and hours spent thinking out loud with peers. I get to do that now, except now that somebody pays me to do it. I literally could not ask for more. I literally could not ask for more. I don't really know. Uh, I don't really know if it's right to assume anyone is like that, <laughs> um, in the sense of like, they're conscious of like, man, I wish I were, people say it like, I wish I were smarter. I wish I was smarter, but that that's not really what you, you wish, what people wish is that they could have the ability to sit and think more deeply. And I'm living proof that you can. It just takes a, a little effort and a little creativity. For me, that was finding people, recognizing that I learn best watching other people think. And then trying to mimic that pattern of thinking. And so I just, that's all I did. I would think of a question. I would ask somebody that I trusted and I would watch them think about it. I would set very strict goals on reading a certain amount of pages every day. And through that, it's just kind of started to come together. And there are days that I still feel like such a dummy. But the people that I work for here at the church seem to really trust me. And they have told me they're learning a lot from me. There's really not much more I could ask for. I hope that was I hope that was helpful for anybody there, you know, listening today. I know this is a lot longer than 10 minutes. Going on 30 minutes. We're over 30 minutes at this point. But, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. Hopefully it wasn't too cumbersome. I was just thinking about all this today. Just how grateful I feel all the time to have the job that I have, especially in a world where I know that there are many people all over the place that every day they have to reach deep down into themselves to find some way to get up and do the work of a job that they really dislike because it's what they have to do for their family. I know that there are people out there, a lot of people are out there doing that. and. God bless those people have the strength to, to get up every day and do the work that no one else wants to do. Um, that is a noble and honorable thing. Um, and I'm conscious of, of how difficult that is for a lot of people. And so for me to have this job where I feel so unbelievably lucky, so fortunate to do what I do, I just, it's not lost on me. And, um, yeah, man, 
just feel so lucky. Well, that'll do it for today. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful... Is it Tuesday? Wednesday. Hope you have a wonderful Wednesday.